Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast. I'm Rajan, he's Patrick, and given that the 2020 NFL season is officially kicking off in less than a week, which is absolutely nuts, uh, the two of us congregated to provide our analysis of all things related to the Washington football team's prospects this upcoming year. And it still seems weird to kind of call them the Washington football team, but it is what it is at this point. And um, given using that as a segue, obviously a lot and we would mean a lot has taken place since last December or January, much of which we've talked about at some level already, but that notwithstanding, there's still a ton to get into in this podcast. But at a 10,000 foot level, if you will, Patrick, where's your gut feeling at with this WFT, which is my friends always jokingly say, if you look at it real quick, it looks like WTF. Um, it does. But, uh, but as this week one matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles is just right around the corner. Yeah, I'm, I'm a- I'm very excited. I every team I root for, and I, you know, you root for since this sports have come back has been really bad. The Caps came in, and you know, there's already reports coming out that they party too hard in the bubble, and they were just terrible. They Wouldn't played be five games. In the slightest. Yeah, uh, and the Nats are, you know, just dumpster fire. Um, so I'm excited for you know our third try at um, hopefully some success. I'm very excited for the football team. Um, I forgot the I beloved not, Washington Wizards who were a complete oh, flame out from the bubble. It was a, it was a disaster. Even, did they even win a bubble game? I don't know, but it was basically they might they should have just sent like some you know replacement yeah. level scab team and it would have been just the same. Yeah. Once but I, I knew that Beal, once I knew Beal wasn't going to be there, I I didn't pay attention. Yeah, to it. Although I will say I haven't watched. I have the Clippers Nuggets game on right now. Uh, I've watched more NBA since the bubble started than I think I have in the last ten years combined. The games um, have been good. Not, I mean, they have been good. Odd circumstances, uh, irrespective of that. Yeah, but I, but I'm excited about this team, uh, the uh, the WFT. Yeah, um, I'm not going to be able to stop saying Redskins. I know it, it slips out all the time. <laughs> um, I don't expect this to be very good, uh, but I do think I do think the team has some interesting and fun pieces, and something that I'm like really really pumped about is this running back situation. Uh, I know people on Twitter were like melting down that we're getting rid of AP, but like, you know, a month ago we, we definitely had AP and we had guys. Now we have neither and we're rolling with, um, you know, Gibson and McKissick and your, your boy Barber uh, and love. And look, two things with the running back crew, but I think they, they highlight the reason I'm excited about the team. Ron Rivera is as a five-year deal. And he's not been shy saying this is not we're not going to win this year. He was he's basically said we suck and need to figure this out. So he got rid of older players and we're just going to roll with youngins. Uh, and we're going to start Gibson week one, which I think is incredible. Like I know the hype train around him is is massive. That's I wish insane. people would. I wish people would break back a little bit. Um, although I did draft him in fantasy, uh, but I don't. Know, I'm. I I just like how we're going young. Uh, and there's going to be some really bad moments because of it. Uh, but I would also argue there's going to be bad moments for everyone because no one's played preseason games. So I think the first four weeks are going to be just a total crapshoot. Um, so I'm excited. I'm uh, Look, we're going to go 5-11, 6-10, whatever it is. But uh, I think we can beat the Eagles, and uh, I'm excited for Gibson. I'm excited for this team. It's so young. We're going to have rookies, second-year players everywhere, uh, and I'm excited about it.
there's a lot of buzz on the Eagles plus five and a half in terms of the line for line one. We're like the Eagles. Ooh, uh, they're, six, they're left, six and a half. Is it six and a half already? See, okay, so there you go. Um, because uh, the Eagles just lost uh, Andre Dillard, I believe they're the guy they drafted a couple of years ago. They just lost him uh, for the season. Um, their running back situation is kind of a mess. They've got nobody at wide receiver. They've got the carcass of Alshon Jeffrey, their uh, top pick, Jalen Rieger. I think he's either struggled or injured he's a combination out. of both. Oh, there you go. And uh, Deshaun, so you're basically relying on Deshaun Jackson and then, you know, a bunch of hobos after that, kind of like what they were at the end of the year. So, yeah, uh, um, with a plus six, six and a half, whatever you just said a second ago, is is really getting a lot of buzz over here locally. But um, agreeing with nearly everything, great if teams, not everything. Great teams cover. That you said. Um, I, I think the main thing, we'll get to Rivera in a second, but the big thing about this is Rivera is absolutely saying it is purely a meritocracy. I don't give a shit who you, where you were drafted, who maybe outside of Haskins, and we'll touch on that in a second. Um, but like, you know, who brought you in and you actually have two strikes against you already. If the previous regime brought you in, um, it's going to be the best guys are going to on the field. Even if it means to your point, we're going to suck this year. We're going to suck, but we're going to suck, I guess, the right way. If there's such a thing as losing the right way, we're going to lose the right way. Um, I think it's really funny that Reds, sorry, WFT Twitter or the fan base or the zealots or whatever lost their shit after the 2018 or 18 draft, I believe it was, when Geis fell to the second round, and there was a lot of whispers. I think Ian Rappaport, among others, were saying about the person, you know, personality concerns and yada yada, whatever. Everyone's like, "Where were they?" And they were all bullshit and stuff like that. And then, you know, there's always this dichotomy between him being, you know, all the social media presence, and then every, and then constantly being injured. And there was just this weird, like, you know, good Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde approach to him. And then all this stuff about this offseason kind of pan, uh, comes comes public, which is why the Peyton Barber signing makes more sense, which is why the JD McKissick signing more sense makes more sense. Cause I think they knew about this. They, they had to have inklings about like, I think cause the incident happened in February or something like the first incident, which I don't really want to talk about because it's pretty awful. Um, and that's why they started stalking the running back room. But it's just funny that like it all kind of came full circle and they're just like, Oh, maybe there was a thing why he felt in the second round. Cause otherwise, you know, there was legitimate. Yeah, he's a bad dude. Early. Yeah. And, and, Given the allegations, what they are, and given the circumstances, like previous players who've been under those allegations have found themselves in, like it's, I don't, I don't think he's got a second chance. Maybe a year or two, but at this young age, man, to see him like getting thrown away is just incredibly sad. And and I don't know. I mean, we're turning the page on that. The Peterson, the Peterson release was surprising and not. I think in the fact that it's like, look, if we're going to go young, do it the right way, rip the bandaid off. Um, I did think it was a little bit of a, I don't know, I want to say a dick move, but I can't really think of a better way to do it given that what, when it happened, like it's so close to the beginning of the season, but look, man, it's Rivera's team and it is what it is. And I didn't, I didn't think he was, I didn't think it was a dick move. Um, I think Rivera least releasing him the day before just to be like, go sign with another team. You're going to be out there. Teams can make decisions now knowing you're available. And the only the reason I say it's not a dick move, and the reason I'm actually kind of excited about it, is I I pretty much like most of the Redskins beat writers. That's a lie. It's fifty fifty. Depends on who they are. But I love Kime. Um, I think Kime is easily my favorite beat writer person who covers the team. If anyone and, doesn't is calls themselves a WFT fan and doesn't like John Kime, you're not a WFT fan, and you should just yeah. take a long walk off a short cliff because he's fantastic in every way, shape, and form. Yeah, he's in terms of that. he's so good. Yeah, and what he was saying on uh, Sports Center, um, which I've started watching again because 
there's nothing else to watch really. Uh, but mostly because I watch SVP at night. I was going to say SVP so is earlier. Yeah. So it's so early here. So I've, I started rewatching Sports Center, which is weird to me because I haven't watched it a long time. Um, but Khan basically said that, you know, when camp started, AP was a shoe in, but, you know, he's first, second down back, he's going to get his carries. But essentially, as Haskins slowly took over this position, he got more and more comfortable with the other running backs, with them moving around. And, and look, we're not coached by Jay Gruden. We're not going to just like run this offense because the, and then just run with the players we have, you know, Scott Turner wants a Larry Sinners S guy. That's going to be in the backfield every single down. And that's not AP. AP is going to line up in an I formation. You're going to hand the ball to him and run downhill. You actually become pretty predictable. Um, So I think with the way the offense wants to be run with Haskins becoming comfortable, I just don't think there was a place for AP. And if I'm Rivera and I'm looking at, you know, I got into an argument with a guy on Twitter from the Hill District thing because he was freaking out about this. And I was like, dude, he's going to get two to three carries a game and going to be a problem if he stays where Barber's going to be like, thank God I'm getting two to three carries. Um, so I, I didn't really think it was a dick move. I do think you're probably a little right. It was probably a little late in the game. But I think Rivera probably – I mean, he said he called at 7 a.m., which Peterson was like, I knew it was bad as soon as he called me. Uh, but, I, you know, this is where we are as a team. We won three games last year. We won seven games the year before. We shouldn't really. be beholden to anyone if he's just coming off a season when it was he's a, wins. He's a 35-year-old running back. He's not going to be a part of our team when we're, if, fingers crossed, we ever turn this thing around. Gibson will be. Um, so I'm okay with it. I didn't think it was a dick move. I, I thought it kind of had to happen. But I do – We'll say I wasn't a huge AP fan when we signed him. Um, we were both very bearish after, on the signing, and we yeah. seemed silly after he almost ran for a thousand yards after his first year. But both of us were on record as as not yeah. like being was, overly optimistic was, about it. He was nothing but great for two years. Yeah, but we don't we don't need him. You touched on the point about um, Antonio Gibson, um, potentially Bryce Love, JD McKissick. I'm not going to mention Peyton Barber because I still think he's terrible. That's your but, boy. Um, but at least the three of those guys, um, I, I hate to compare the two players because they're like these guys and the player I'm going to compare them to in a moment because it's an apple and orange in so many different ways. But they're looking for more of their Christian McCaffrey back in this offense. Again, oh. to be emphatically clear, none of these three guys are as physically gifted and football gifted as uh, – Christian McCaffrey, at least from the initial onset or from everything we understand. But that's the kind of position that they're looking for, the type of player, I should say, that they're looking for at the position, especially because, you know, Scott Turner had such a large involvement in Carolina's offense. He's kind of, he's obviously running it over a year in DC. And Gibson and Love, as you said, they're not going to be this like, all right, they're in the backfield or lined up in the I formation or whatever. We know we're going to hand it to them, a la what we saw from Jake Gruden, right? Like it's, it's the three yards, you know, run first down, run second down, pass third down type of mentality, which you know, we fell victim to a lot. Um, and I love, we've they've talked about ad nauseum and everyone else has talked about ad nauseum, the positional versatility and using that as a segue that helps either bolster the lack of depth at wide receiver, or I guess, you know, yeah, further fortifies the, the, the at wide receiver. And even I would, I would take an extension of tight end because while there are some nice names and a lot of guys that WFT fandom has gotten attached to, to me, I think, they're still so insanely thin. Like sit and take a step back and say, God forbid. And I hope in no way, shape or form this happens. But what happens if we miss Terry McLaurin for a few weeks? Like, are we, are we really going to roll with, you know, 
Steven Sims and who had a really nice season, let's be very clear, but Sims, Antonio, Gandy, Golden, and like, you know, Dontrell Inman Isaiah, is your top. Isaiah Wright. Isaiah Wright, I think he's going to be a kick returner. I think he's very much like just your special team. He's still, he's, he's still a wide receiver on the 53-man roster. He's like, I mean, if we lose McLaurin, he's going to play. Gandy Golden sounds great as your fourth receiver, but we're already walking in from day one anticipating him to be the three um, or the four, depending on where you put Dontrell Inman. Inman, he's a nice player. I've liked him as like a super-duper deep sleeper on other teams, but he's a journeyman Go at this who's. point. You know, is he really a UVA guy? I didn't realize that. Oh yeah, he's a great UVA guy. Played oh, wow. with some terrible, played on some terrible teams. <laughs> I like him a little less now. Um, but but um, no, he's been a good player. I think he's had about some injury history, and that's why he's, he hasn't been able to uh, stick anywhere. But then again, taking it one step further, Logan Thomas, nothing but buzz because uh, he obviously he's a Blacksburg guy, so that's you know you know some good things there. And um, and then you got Sprinkle, who's bum, and then Marcus Baugh, who's a he's a guy. I mean, you've heard kind of both sides of the coin about him point being in all of this there are names they're like guys to get attached to there's potential but it's also i mean i just i think people are kind of overlooking the fact that it's so razor thin so if you can get mckissick out in terms of being more of a pass catcher if bryce love provides brings anything anything to the table if gibson provides anything on that it'll help make up for it but other than that i mean you know the depth is is what it is uh the depth is terrible there's really no way to describe. Right. I think it's, it's easier the weakest part of our team. Um, you know, I am very interested that we only kept five receivers um, because we, it, I mean, the NFL is such a passing league that you think you'd keep a couple extra. Now I know we loaded up an offensive lineman. I think we have 10 offensive linemen on the 53 man roster. There's a lot. Um, when Gruden sometimes kept eight. So you can see the difference in coaching already right there. Um, but the, I mean, so we have at receiver, we have McLaurin, Sims. I think Sims is going to have a huge year, by the way. Um, uh, Gandy Golden, Wright, and Inman. To your point, if one of them gets hurt, great. We're going to have to move things, some things around. But in a passing league, 60% of our receivers were undrafted. Uh, one, and then the other ones, our best one, granted, McLaurin is a stud, is a third rounder, and Gandy Golden is a fourth, fourth rounder. Fifth. Yeah. Fourth is fourth. Um, so, like, what has become just a critical position in the NFL, we really don't have a ton of, at least top-line talent. Now, I do think McLaurin is a stud. I think Sims will have a good year. I'm excited about Gandy Golden, but I know an, another thing that I watch people on Twitter like get really excited about Gandy Golden, he's a rookie, and he's missed half of training camp. So, like, don't expect a lot from him, at least not early, because he's still trying to figure this shit out. Dude had COVID-19, um, man. Like, let's yeah, come dude had COVID. Right? It's like, come on, you know? And he's coming from Liberty. Liberty. That's the other thing I was going to say. Look at the transition in terms of level of difficulty. Yeah. That, take nothing away from it from that perspective, but there's a difference between Liberty and the NFL. Or the guys, yeah. the teams that Liberty plays and the teams that the WFT will play. Yeah. So, and then the tight end position, <laughs> you know, I think, I, don't, I have no idea, what, no idea what to think about Logan Thomas. Uh, he's your boy. Neither do I. Really. Drafted. Just, our, starting, our starting tight end was drafted as a quarterback. Yep. Um, and... But is ball the backup? Sprinkle made the fifty-three. I hate Sprinkle. Yeah. So, I mean, that's those two positions I'm terrified of, and I understand. You know, I my biggest concern and biggest hope for the season is Dwayne takes the next step. That's all I really give a shit about. And we surrounded him with not a ton, and it terrifies me. Um, now, granted, I've, I you you look at the Turner's offense, and this goes back to your original point. 
last year McCaffrey, who we're basically looking to have someone like him on our team. Now, granted, I'm not saying he's like as good as McCaffrey, but we want someone in that role. McCaffrey, the, his first or the last two years in the league had just a whole – he had 124 um, targets in 2018 and 142 targets last year. That's a ton of targets. You look at you, – I tweeted this the other day from, the, from our Twitter account. It's You look at the last time we had Norv, Norv Turner, not Scott, Norv. Larry Sinners had 90 targets and 69 catches, right? These guys love getting running backs in space and getting them ball. Our offense is going to look so much different than the traditional two-down running back and then maybe shotgun that we ran under Callahan that, like, Gibson's going to be lined up everywhere. McKissick's going to be lined up everywhere. They're going to be on the field together. They're going to be in the slot. Um, I don't think we're going to run a lot of – you're not going to see – I would be willing to bet we'll have under 10 two tight end sets for the entire 16-game season. Gruden loved two tight end sets. Um, so to Callahan, I bet you we don't have at least 10 of them. Gruden loved two tight ends and an offensive lineman on the field. We ran yes. that so many times. Or a tight end and another offensive lineman masquerading as a tight end. And it's like, yeah. could you tell, could you give away any more of a tell in terms of what we were going to do on the ensuing play any more than you possibly did already? Yeah. So the depth is a concern to me, but I, I from a roster construction, construction standpoint, I do understand how they built it. Um, because especially after Rivera said the other day that in this world, like you have to have a ton of linemen just in case. Um, but I think the depth is a depth is a problem. You know, like I don't, I don't know anything about our tight ends. I think they suck. <laughs> although, although Thomas has been catching a lot of touchdown passes, but great. You know, he's got freaking Bostic guarding him. Um, so I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried about that because Dwayne needs to take the next step and we don't have a ton of playmakers around him. And that's scary. And the other scary part is is the offensive line, while we do have a significant amount of people there, ten we kept ten linemen, which is so so many. But like we have John Christensen playing or John Christian playing left tackle. Um, I'm assuming Martin's gonna be at left guard. Ruyer's a mediocre, decent center. Sheriff is, you know, he's great, but he hasn't been that good in the last two years. Like I'm not gonna sit here and say he's been great, though he is very good. And then I mean, Morgan Moses got no ankles. So my excitement for the team is there, but my worry that in order for us to be good, we need Dwayne to be good. The things around him, starting with the offensive line, the playmakers are not there. I am strangely bullish on the offensive line, and I'm probably really? hor- horribly misguided on this. Um, so I'm not – I don't hate – it's the first time I probably am less high on a player – or I'm higher on a player than you are. Um, I'm actually, I, I really, I'm not calling him, you know, Mark Stepnowski, but like, she's really, I think he's fine. I think he, he's, he's good. He's, he's not, he, but he's like, he's not he's great. Just kind of meh. A um, lot of bu- positive buzz on Jaron Christian. And like, I was never a Jaron Christian guy, but like a lot of positive buzz Don't on worry. him in camp. Um, I, I'm a sheriff. I'm, I'm an, an extreme apologist on that. I love that guy. I don't know what it is. And I mean, yeah, he I mean, I love not, him. I love him too, but he hasn't played well in two years. In two years. I, I can't disagree with that. Uh, Morgan Moses. I'm, I'm also with you. And I'm like, that dude is just a bandaid. I would not be surprised if one of the other off season acquisitions at tackles, we made the, the poopy platter of guys we got starts at Morgan Moses's position for more than one game for reasons other than injury. Um, I think the two Wes's well, to, to, Lucas to, and who? Who's the other guy? Uh, the dude we just got, David Sharp. We got for like a, a less than a ham sandwich. Who is not very good. 
Um, I think he's a body, but you know, it is what it is. I would also he was, be he was drafted by Del Rio. That's why we got him. I think. Oh, I didn't even realize that, but that makes complete right because he was from the Raiders. So, yep, that would make entirely. Um, the two Wes's will compete at the guard spot. Um, Ishmael is a sleeper. I think is our fifth or sixth round pick. The guy from San Diego State. Um, I want to take a quick left turn. People love people love him. I poo pooed a lot of the immediately after the draft. I poo pooed a lot of what Kyle Smith did like is a knee jerk reaction, like literally in the hours after it happened. And after taking a step back, I was like, Kyle Smith is not looking at like what, you know, every, every other mock draft dude on Twitter slash the internet is saying he very much identifies the guys who he believes a fit the traits that he likes and B fits the MO of the team he wants to build and C probably along the same lines of what Rivera wants. And they went out and got those guys, fuck what everybody else said in terms of like where he should be drafted and stuff like that. And I think if you really sit back and look, they got dudes who fit the mold of what they're trying to do. And again, screw everything else. So mea culpa to Kyle Smith in terms of some of the way I reacted, particularly by Antonio Gibson. I did not like it when it originally happened. I was like, that was a gross reach, but that was only in accordance with reading everything I did online, which, you know, you have to take all that with. I didn't know. I didn't even know who he was. I didn't either. I'll be fully honest with you. Right. And like from between when it was from there to where it is now, obviously I've done a 180 on this. So um, I, I love what Kyle Smith is doing. I think he is one of the hidden gems that is left over from the disaster of front office we had. So shout out to him, props to him. Um, but yeah, back to the offensive line, Sadiq Charles, another long-term project while we're on the subject, but I think he's starting the year on IR or pup at least. Um, uh, I don't think he's on either. I think he's just not going to play. I've not heard if he's on pup or IR. Yeah, I can't remember. And then I do think Lucas, just because he's a body is going to start at some point. Like I said, I'm, I'm out on Morgan Moses but I, of all the problems we have on offense I think offensive lines is going to be there and it's going to be like yeah we know our offensive line is not good um but like it's not going to be one of those like I don't know I feel like if somebody goes down there's gonna be another body just because the value of a replacement isn't even that high anyway I mean that I think Wes Martin is good you know Martin he's, is talented. I mean, another late round guy who was the, the, the like internet a, didn't love you know, but he fits yeah, what we're looking for fits fits I, I like Martin I like Scherf, I like Rouye enough. I do think Rouye is – this is his last year. I think that Ishmael guy comes in and starts at center next year, um, which is why I think it's a good pick because we drafted him in the fifth round. Uh, and people love that pick. I Another guy, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, Same. <laughs> um, I didn't know who Gibson was until John Kahn tweeted, I'd be curious if Washington would take Gibson here. John Kahn was like, fire during the draft. I was, like, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Um but the, the whole key of that whole line is Christian. Uh, like, I have been pretty harsh on this guy to the point where, like, I think I could be a better left tackle than him. Obviously, I couldn't. Uh, but, like, maybe it's because we're so spoiled going from Chris Samuels to Trent Williams for the last 15, 20 years. Uh, and maybe it's because I see Charles and everyone says if he had stayed another year, he probably would have been a first-round talent. Um. It also could be because I've seen the guy play and he sucks. Um, but you are right. He has gotten a lot of buzz. It was, I think it was Mitch. Uh, what's his name? Uh, JP's boy, Mitch. Uh, I don't like acknowledging whatever. them. Yeah. So whatever his name, he basically said he's going to be this year, Eric's flowers, um, which if that's the case, I'm all in on this flowers was low key kind of good last year, Yep. Uh, but he's the key. He's the whole key to that line. He has to protect Dwayne's blind side. He's going to have to deal with the, Eagles defensive line, uh, the freaking Cowboys defensive line. You know, he's going to have to deal with 
Do we play the Bears? No. 49ers, the Ravens. Do we, do we play? I was going to say the, the Ravens. We have to play, play Bosa. He's going to be the guy blocking those guys. Um, and if we want to do anything, it's going to have to be him, like, being good. I, he doesn't need to be Trim Williams. He doesn't need to be – he needs to be Donald Penn or just a skosh better. He can't – he can't give me a little, give me a, No, he can't, or else we're freaking drafting a quarterback again next year. And I can't go through that again. No. At least for not, at least for not like three more years. Um, jumping over to the defensive side, I think the defensive line, we all know it's going to be the strength of the team for the umpteenth year in a row. Um, I don't know if we need – I think the only thing that surprised me was um, Ryan Anderson because from everything you read, they were trying like hell to, to trade him or shop him. It's interesting to see that they lined him up at defensive end, which I've always believed was his proper spot. He was too big and too stiff to be an outside linebacker. Um, also, that could just be from roster machinations. Who really knows? But other than that, it's the usual suspects there, plus Chase Young and James Smith-Williams, who is, I think, a guy who got in the seventh round. So – um, I feel like that's the least discussion-worthy thing. From the... I, was, I was surprised he made the roster. That's the uh, Williams guy. Smith-Williams guy? I heard nothing about him, yeah. but, you know, it's not surprising to see a guy that drafted make the roster, but fair point. Um, linebacker's interesting in the sense that it's going to be whole... – so Thomas Davis, for a long portion of time in, his, in Carolina, was always the weak side linebacker. According to the depth chart, he's lined up at the middle spot. Um Cole Holcomb is at the strong side, which I've always seen him as a weak side, but then what do I know? Um, And then Sean Dion Hamilton, who has always been injured, is the weak side linebacker. So it's just kind of an interesting – it's not interesting to see the three of them as starting. It's just interesting to see where they are as the starters. Um, And then – so your boy Bostic, you know, he's obviously the the sixth man, if you will. And then Kevin Pierre-Lewis is just a dude. They're the primary backups. Uh, Ruben Foster to IR uh, from everything we've been reading and everything I'm sure the other – Skins WFT fans have been reading that he's just, he's not ready yet. Uh, you know, recovery has not been kind to him. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm bummed out Foster. Um, I mean, he's t- all counts. He's a terrible person, right. uh, but, but uh, I don't know. You, you can, you see his highlights from, I mean, you're, you're, well, you're not a Bama guy, but your wife's a, you know, Bama lady and you watch enough, Alabama football. That dude, when he's healthy, freaking flies around. He's a heat-seeking missile, which is something our defense just doesn't have. Um, so I was bummed about him. I think, you know, I'm not wild about Bostic, although I will say for like kind of a backup type, going to be in the field for nickel situation type deal, he's not terrible. I think he's a good locker room I, guy. That's that's the best to put it. Yeah, I mean, Davis is, is like 57 years old. Yeah. Um, you know, Holcomb's fast and all intents and purposes, if he can take a big step, then he'll be pretty good. The linebacker that I'm most excited about um, is actually uh, – what's his name? Uh, actually, Sean Dean Hamilton is also someone I'm very excited about because if he can stay healthy, his numbers are always really good. Um, but is uh, – what's his name? Hudson. Kalike? Kalike? Hudson? Yeah. Athletic dude. I'm pumped uh, about this guy. So he was the – after Jabril Peppers left Michigan – uh, he was Jabril Peppers for that defense, obviously without the fanfare. And Jabril Peppers was kind of one of those guys who was athletic but good at nothing. Um, Hudson wasn't quite the same, and it was great because he didn't get the same buzz and publicity and all that stuff. He played that weird Viper position that they have on the um, Viper, yeah, on the Michigan defense. And uh, yeah, I think from a, I guess for lack of a better term, the money backer role slash big nickel slash whatever the hell they call it, 
he's just an interesting athlete. And I think there's so many, there's so many different thought trains that are coming out among, you know, the NFL world and he's smart people who cover the NFL and there are a handful of them in terms of like this concept of positionless defense where your traditional defensive line delineated from linebacker, delineated from cornerback, delineated from safety is starting to blur very much. And you've just got these, it's going to get to the point where at someday we may just have 11 athletes on the field who can do a variety of things. And obviously we're not nearly there yet, but Hudson is very much of that latter school of thought that like, look, just, he's a fucking great athlete. If you can hone him the right way, he can do something very particular for you. And in an athletic defense, especially in an attack focused defense that like the one that Jack Del Rio is running, he could be a, if not, in the long run, maybe even immediately be an as- a valuable asset. And if nothing else, in special, he could be on special teams. I think he's going to be an asset on special teams immediately. I mean, he I blocked agree. like four, he blocked like four kicks last year with Michigan alone. Um, look, I, I think I'm excited about him uh, because of my sheer disappointment of what Sue Cravens became. Um, yeah. We've it's been looking, analogy. we've been, we've been looking for this kind of like hybrid safety linebacker for a while. And we just haven't had one. Um, and what I think happens is you, you see the Cowboys will do it to us 15 times. It'll be some sort of boot action to the tight end and Kerrigan is, is left chasing down the tight end while they gain 15 yards. And he looks like he's running in slow motion, right? Our team speed on defense has never been great. And we haven't had anybody that can really like Collins Landon Collins is great, but he's, he's an in the box safety. Our linebackers are okay. None of them are great in coverage. We need someone who can kind of play in both. Like, he can come up and play in the box and be a linebacker, but also has the speed to cover people, a.k.a. we need someone who can cover fucking tight ends because we get burned by tight ends every goddamn game. This every is a very game. sore subject for me. It's been one of the worst teams against tight ends over the past X I mean, years. Because we don't have anyone to guard them. So, I mean, I don't know if Hudson comes in and, you know, I don't think he'll come in and play a ton right away, to your point. I think he'll be a, a teams guy, and I think he'll thrive on teams because everyone would thrive on our – on our teams because trust way so good. Uh, but I don't know. I'm, I'm excited about it. I think he adds a dimension to that linebacker kind of hybrid safety that we've been searching for. And, and I, you know, I, I said it before, but I was so, I thought Sue Cravens was going to be awesome. I love the Sue Cravens. Then, I won't lie. And then, and then he turned out to be a disaster. And, and he made his name and, playing special teams like he clearly cares about football so that's a good start um so i'm excited about him i i he was like kind of weirdly my favorite pick in the whole draft um i don't think he'll be as good as any you know the guys drafting oh he better not be as good as anyone drafting for him need all those guys to be studs um but i'm excited about him I, I, he just adds a dimension to our team i, I just don't think we've had um you know because you look at our safety positions, you look at our linebackers, our cornerbacks are okay at best. Um, so we just need speed in the field. So I'm excited. I'm very excited about what, what are you pronounce name? Kalike? Kalike? I guess it's Kalike. I'm, but I could be wrong. You could be more right than I am. I have no not idea. seen the official pronunciation guide. Yeah. Uh, team Hudson. Just know I'm Team Hudson. Uh, and we a, haven't had a preseason game to like hear it. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's be honest. We probably get like um, Joe Theismann saying. I was yeah. Going to say if it's Tom uh, Brenneman doing our, our uh, preseason game, then it's going to be off. Too soon. It's not Tom. That or Tom Dan. Brenneman. It's the other dude. It's the other. There's another NFL. Kenny Albert. Kenny Albert. Kenny Albert. Thank you, Kenny Albert. Albert. Yeah, yeah. He's he's the yeah, terrible yeah. one. Sorry, not Tom Brenneman. Sorry, but yeah, Tom Brenneman. Oof. Yeah. Uh, don't don't say yeah. dumb things. Yeah. Even if Mike, you think it's off. Don't don't do that. Um. 
Speaking of cornerback, um, again, it's the same thing. Nice names at the top, and then ugh, after that, like, all right, we all know about Kendall Fuller. We've talked extensively about Kendall Fuller. Um, we've pumped, talked pumped we've for talked, Fuller. We've talked extensively about Fabian Moreau. Um, also pumped for Moreau. We've talked extensively about Jimmy Moreland. But one of those guys go down, and now we're start, starting to look at Danny Johnson, Greg Stroman, and the Peyton Barber of defense, Ronald Darby. Darby's going to be a stud this year. That's my that's my guy that I'm irrationally excited about is Darby and Hudson. Um, yeah, it's not good. Uh, so I think Moreau might have a pretty good year. Uh, you know, once we moved him to the outside, he was pretty good last year. In fact, he had like three or four picks in the last three or four games last year. Um, once we moved him to the outside, because freaking – what was our defensive coordinator's name? Greg Minuski? So yeah, Minuski. Minuski was so bad he couldn't figure out where to play him. Uh, I am really hyped about Kendall Fuller. I was pissed when we traded him, even though I was hoping Alex Smith would be good. But, like, we drafted that guy. He's young. He's really good. He's a he's a, he's a hokey, isn't he? He is. Local guy. Are, aren't, aren't, five brothers. Four, aren't Yeah, I was going to say, did they all go to Tech? Uh, yes. Uh, no, Corey Fuller. No, I can't remember if he did. I, I met Will Fuller definitely there. I know Kyle, Kendall. There's one more that I'm missing that – I know. They... Well, they all went to tech and they're all in the pros. Yeah. Good lineage. Um, I do love me some, the people's corner, Jimmy Moreland. Uh, but he's, you know, until he proves he's good. I just like him. Uh, you mentioned, uh, God, what are their names? Danny Johnson and Greg Stroman. Stroman's also a Hokie too, I think. That's correct. Um, uh, but those two have been kind of fringe players on our team now for a couple of years. And it's like one week, one guy plays and sucks and they flip him. So Johnson will play one week, and then next week Stroman will play, and they've just kind of been going back and forth. I'm really surprised they made the team, especially over Colvin. Um, but this is the wide receiver position of the defense. Like, one of those guys gets hurt, and we're in trouble. Although I, I do think that Darby will be good. Stroman has a lot of experience getting burned. I love Stroman. Tech guy, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want to speak ill of him, but I'm like, well, he's, he's experienced. Experienced for the wrong reasons, but he's experienced. Uh, I think Johnson is a team's guy. Um, primarily, like that's his real calling card. I think, like that's one of those that I can't even remember who our special teams coordinator is right now. But he was the one who goes in and says, like, I need that guy to be on our team, and that's a, a big reason why he's over Aaron Colvin. Aaron Colvin was a, I remember, like he was one of the underrated pieces on that 2017 Jaguars Jaguars team. Like he was the nickel corner in between Bouye and Ramsey, and like he played really, really well. And like when they lost him that offseason, like people don't realize that was a big defection for them. Um, I alluded to in the piece that I wrote about the Jaguars being fucking terrible and just an awful run organization that, but no one cares because they're Jacksonville. Um, but yeah, like he, he was good then. I, obviously he's aged a little bit. Like, as you said, like between him and, and Danny Johnson, it's going to come down to the latter in terms of teams. Um, yeah. I, I mean, you said it best. This is the wide receiver position. One guy goes down and it's just a minefield after that of like yeah. just dudes. Fuller, Fuller's hurt too. That's the thing that I was going to come back to. It's like Fuller's got this mystery injury that like no one is fully tipping their hand on, no pun intended, of what it is. Yeah, I don't know. I know he's been out for a week or so, and that, they asked Rivera last week about it, and he was like, oh, we still got a week. It's like, well, is he going to be healthy in, yeah. on September 12th or whatever? Say, oh, in a week, we're playing the fucking Eagles. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> um, um, I don't – I'm curious. I don't – like. I haven't seen a depth chart. I don't – and. I'm hoping – I know one of your questions will be coaching, and I'm hoping Del Rio can mask this, but 
is Darby starting over Moreau or is Moreau the other outside corner? Everything. Or, or is from, Moreau and Darby on the outside and Fuller is playing in the slot? From, for the first depth chart that I've seen, take with a grain of salt, but the first one I saw was Fuller and Moreau as the starters and the people's corner at nickel. And Darby is the first man off the bench. Interesting. Yeah, so Darby is the dime corner, if you will. Um, and, la- and last but not least, my favorite position on this team for God knows how many years, fucking safety. Um, there's Landon Collins. You talked about him. He is an in-the-box safety. I think we need to end this charade. He's I, good like, I like Landon Collins. He's a nice player. He's good at what he does. I think he's in, in the box safety, and I will not go through my soapbox of why we don't have a free safety. I will just say everyone is talking about Troyaki, and it, that gives me heartburn and night terrors simultaneously. Yeah, you, you were very kind there. Um, I love Landon Collins. You know, I, I don't think he's amazing in football, but I generally like him mainly because he was like the only football player last year that played hard. Um, I am on record saying that Troy Apke is the worst football player in the national football league, followed very closely by his former teammate and Jacksonville Jaguar practice squad wide receiver, Trey Quinn. Um, I think Trey Quinn is strong. Oh, fucking awful. Would you say Uh, Troy Apke over DJ Swearinger? Uh, I would take Swearinger over Apke. Oof, today. I think Apke's, I think Apke's atrocious. I can't disagree um, with you, though. That's the thing. We, so my, my buddies on our, my text thread, we all, we were talking about this, I think yesterday. We were all, we're all so excited for the team, but we always have one player that we irrationally hate. And so one of my buddies irrationally, Chester, irrationally hates Ruye. I don't know. I have no idea why. I was like, Ruye's not terrible. Um, uh, my buddy Smalley's hates Logan Thomas, even though he's never seen him play. Um, but I also think there's some validity there. Mine is Apke. I like this guy could have a pick six to win the division, go 80 yards as time's expiring to, against to give us our 11th win against Dallas. And I will say, well, Allen got there and then Kerrigan got there, so it was a dud of a pass. Um, I don't care. <laughs> I just, I'd like. I have no sympathy for this guy. Uh, he's our starting safety, starting free safety. Um, he's going to take some cheese, and Deshaun Jackson is 45 years old. He's going to run right by him. Um, do like do like Everett, <laughs> uh, great teams guy. And then Cameron Curl is the, the the another late uh, round pick, probably the draft pick. The guy got the most hate because he wasn't a tight end in the seventh round. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. I I don't like Apke. I really just don't. I can't. I can't even talk about him. I just, just the worst. If I was, in no surprise to anyone, if I was I in the irrational hatred, it, it was going to be m- mine is Peyton Barber in terms of the irrational hatred. That like that guy is just, he is the shining definition of like, like I said, he is my jag. J- jag. He is, I mean, he's not even a guy. He's like a half step below a guy. Like he's, I just, I just don't get it. He's terrible. Like you, you got, can literally walk into the local, the local FedEx and sh- find three guys who can play running back better than Peyton Barber. That guy is fucking terrible. Um, that, that's my soapbox guy on him. Uh, I, I am. You got to have one guy that you irrationally hate on your team. Otherwise, you can't go into the season. So Christian McCaffrey was the third running back in NFL history to post the 1,000 and 1,000 next to Roger Craig and Marshall Falk. If Peyton Barber became the fourth running back in NFL history to post the 1,000 and 1,000, uh, to your point, like I would credit Dwayne Haskins for it. Or like, 
you know, I, I credit somebody else for it. I credit, I credit Bruce Arians before I credit, you know, for cutting him before I, you know, credited Peyton Barber for his effort. That, that's, that's how I feel about him. God. It, it, the fact that she went on devoted money to a running back who has a, like a career average of like, who just came off a year with, he had 2.7 yards per carry. I'm like, and you gave that guy money, 2.7 yards a carry or some similar statistic. I just, I don't get it. I grew up as rooting for God knows how many running backs in our glory years. And I'm like, and this is the guy we have on our team. This guy. Ugh. Um, Not good. Kind of. He's Evan Royster 2.0. No, I wouldn't even be smart. Evan Royster like that. <laughs> Not even Evan Royster. I never liked that guy. It was just a no, random dude. Yeah. I think it one good game, but that's one better game that Peyton Barber's had. Um, let's move on to Haskins. We deliberately skipped the quarterback position to kind of dig further into this. Um, Haskins, it's been well-documented in terms of the bullshit situation that he was put in between Gruden and, and Snyder and Bruce Allen and whoever decided to draft him and all the shit that he went through last year. And as a result, I think there's a, we, we've, we've, it's been well-documented that there's, you know, there's shades of immaturity. There are shades of not understanding what it means to be a pro. And I don't hold that against him. I think that's a, uh, that's a factor that so many rookie quarterbacks fully uh, aren't able to comprehend. Like there's this massive jump between playing for Ohio state where it's almost like video game easy using that term in quote air quotes for you to playing in the NFL I mean, it was. where everything is, is so much more complicated. McLaurin, McLaurin was the third receiver on that team. Yeah. So, I mean, that and should tell you some Paris Campbell and somebody else was ahead of him. I can't remember. I'm, I'm escaping. Um, but I think the last four games were interesting right now. Granted that, you know, the, the team was out of it and stuff like that, but the last four games of the season for the WFT provided the glimmers of hope. Um, there was a few, when I did my quarterback rankings uh, for players I would want over the next 16 games in this upcoming season. If I was being honest, looking at Haskins resume, cause you have to factor in the resume of last year, most recently, like I had Haskins at 30 out of 31 quarterbacks. I put Joe Burrow as number 32 because he was incomplete because you don't know anything about Joe Burrow yet. I put him over Daniel Jones. Cause I think I fucking hate Daniel Jones and I don't want anything ever good to happen to Daniel Jones. Um, but you know, all the bad shit, we talked about it, but there was, like I said, there were glimmers of hope. Um, Passer rating of 99.1, QBR of 83 over the last four games. There was some nice advanced analytics numbers, again, uh, like from the NFL next-gen stats, like fifth in terms of least turnover-worthy plays, second in terms of aggressive throw, where he basically was completing passes to receivers who didn't even have a yard worth of coverage. Like he was second in the NFL in that. Um, expected completion rate, which is a fancy way of saying that, like, even if your receivers suck, this is what your completion rate should have been. He was ahead of Daniel Jones and Dak Prescott last year in terms of that four game stretch, say what you will. So they're pieces to build on. But I think the bigger factor in all of this, which everyone is aware of, I alluded to this is that Haskins seemed to understand that like, okay, you know, I kind of had my rookie bumps understood like, holy shit, this is a lot harder than I thought it would be coming from Ohio state. And he's worked his ass off in the off season in a variety of ways. Like dude looks ripped. Dude looks like he's been working hard. Scott Turner has had very effusive things to say about him or has been effusive in his praise um, among many other things. So I think I am very cautiously, very cautiously, both for because of Haskins still learning and also because of the lack of depth around him that you alluded to, very cautiously optimistic around him. But I think the arrow has to be pointing much more towards he is a building block versus we're going to have to be addressing this position in the next three years. Yeah, you're, 
you're right. I'm usually pretty higher on players than you. Um, it's no, I think Haskins has been burned by, you know, quarterbacks in the past, but I actually think Dwayne's really good. Um, and I just th- I think it sucks based on the position he's been basically put in. So Haskins deserves um, a lot of the blame for last year, especially that Giants game, especially the Vikings game. Like, I don't care, if, you know, if you want to pout in the corner and mope because your coach doesn't like you and you're not playing as, you know, a first-round draft pick. You got to be prepared for There was that famous shot games. in the Bears game, I think the Monday night game, where, like, he had, like, this, like, you know, fuck my life look while um, whoever there was the quarterback's coach at the time, O'Connell, was, like, talking to uh, Keenum. But, yeah, continue. Keenum. Yeah, and it's the NFL, dude. Like, to your point, it's not – you're not throwing just crossing patterns to Paris Campbell and, and – uh, McLaurin against like Bowling Green, right? Um, even even those Big Ten defenses can be kind of trash. Um, so I think he deserves a lot of blame for that. Having said that, you could see him get better. That's when people say like, oh, well, he kept getting better and better and better. He, he started the last seven games. He went two and five. Um, and he didn't throw a pick in his last two games. In fact, he only threw one pick in his last four games. Um, and he was downright good against the Eagles and the Giants at the end of the year. Uh, he made big throws when he needed to to beat the Lions, and he was fantastic. This is a really random blip of the season. I don't know why I remember it so well. But when we went up-tempo in the two-minute warning drill against the Panthers, he was terrific. Um, and part of the reason he was so shitty in those early games, like I'm thinking of uh, when we played, like he was awful against the Jets. He, wasn't he was awful against the, the Giants. Bills. He was awful against the Giants. The first Giants game, he was first awful. Giants game. Um, but when I look at those games, like especially those middle games when Callahan was like demanding he has control of the offense, nothing we did was suited to him. He's a big pocket quarterback. He's got a can of an, of an arm. And every time you hear Urban Meyer talk about him, he always says he's the most advanced pocket quarterback I ever coached. And that doesn't mean I'm just saying he's – best pocket quarterback things like Peyton Manning or something. My point is, is none of the game plans were ever fit around him and we suffered because of it because they didn't want to lose games because of him. When in reality, they should have been losing games because of him so we could freaking learn. Um, but coming into this year, like I am, you're right. His off season videos, he's, he's lost like 15 pounds or something ridiculous. He looks shredded. He also ran pretty well last year to begin with. So I'm hoping some added mobility will, will improve that. Um, I think he's going to be good. I do. I, I really hope fans don't turn on him in those first four weeks. I lived this in the beginning of the podcast. I think the first four weeks for every single football team, every 32 of them, is going to be ugly. I'm going to double uh, down on that. I'm going to say it's going to be the first eight weeks because okay, there's no weeks. preseason, right? Like, no I preseason. really believe in the first six to seven weeks. There was, no, there was no OTAs. I mean, these guys haven't played a ton of football. I think I always uh, used to say that the season doesn't start until four games in. Like in a normal non coronavirus world right like i've always said that like we don't the first four games you really have to throw them out um there's been plenty of teams who have gone up three and oh and finished the year like five and eleven so like it's it's kind of the first four the first four weeks of an extended preseason a lot of people will tell you that i do believe that this year extends to six or seven weeks like we're not going to know who a team is until week 10 this year yeah well well i'll go with yours then let's say it's six to eight weeks i really hope fans don't turn on him because he's learning another new system without a ton of playmakers around him and you have covid that's messed up everything um having said that 
you know, everything I've seen from Kime to the athletic team to JP and all that, their career, they've all said he's looked a lot better, um, that he's looked like a legit number one quarterback. Um, I am like, I know a lot of people have backed off and said, well, there really never was a competition because they just needed to get Haskins reps. But if Haskins hadn't just taken that job and ran with it, we would have been in trouble. Um, I think he comes out and I think we go more up tempo. I think he fits the offense just way more. We're an air Coriel offense, which the quarterback's designed to throw the ball down the field or, or get it to a running back quickly. I think we're suited for him now. Um, I do think, the offensive line, it's your your boy Christian, like really has to take a huge step alongside of him. But if you're a first-year coach and you have a rookie quarterback with his talent for three years cheap, like he's in a good situation now, and I think I think he'll be good, and I don't think we'll be drafting another quarterback. I am all aboard the Haskins train. Uh, where I've been doom and gloom about the playmakers around him, pretty rough on the left tackle – I think Haskins makes up for a lot of it because I, I – dude, that guy's arm is just like a freaking cannon. Um, I also think he looks at all these preseason quarterback rankings where he's, you know, 28, 29, 30, 31, and every single one of these rankings always generally lumped in with Daniel Jones or, you know, Joe Burrow because he hasn't played or, you know, Fitzpatrick or whomever. I think next year we're we're not talking about, you know – I think next year this Assassin's team and it's just a moot point. That's my that's my thing. Just I give him sixteen games. A you need sixteen of, games. I think it was John Kime who recently said this. Um, and if it's not a, it was somebody else, but it was somebody else who was very trustworthy. Where they had a conversation. I think it was John Kime who had a conversation with Urban Meyer because Kime is a big Ohio State guy. Um, and he was like, the thing about Haskins is that Haskins wants to be good. And to me, as stupid as this sounds, that's my number one thing. Like, is he really in it for the fame and the money and the adulation, stuff like that? Or does a dude legitimately have the internal fire? Like, I want to be good. I want to hone my craft. And like, even through everything that Haskins went through last year, that was never the question. The question was, how do you hone it the right way? How do you point him in the right direction? And Urban Meyer said the same thing, that you kind of have to like, put adversity in front of him but like because the minute you give it to him he's going to kind of back off that gas pedal he's going to think it's almost like it's easy and that's one of the reasons i think why ron or, or kyle alluded to this why ron rivera was not going to name haskins from the get-go as a starter and maybe even alluded to the idea of like alex smith potentially being the starter which we, everyone knew is there's no way that's possible but like Should in terms of the roster in terms of what smith yeah exactly it, it has gone through and, and from a physical standpoint and uh, and it was really about reaching and motivating Haskins the right way in order to kind of set a best channel that energy or best channel that, that, that particular tree has about him. I am a huge, huge, huge believer of circumstances around any professional. I, I would even say that for the regular, you know, eight to five white collar world, like the ones we live in, right? Like, you could be a really talented employee. You could be a really good employee. You could be a really smart employee. But if you're put into a shit situation with shit bosses and a shit organization, you're going to kind of be shit too um, because they don't know how to use you. They don't really aren't motivated to use you. They're selfish agendas, all of those different types of things. I think that's doubly the case in football. And I think that's something Haskins to everything you said went through in year one that like, you're not going to get the best out of him when like Jay Gruden's coaching for his, you know, for his job. He's not the one that he wanted. He makes all these allusions to the fact that like, I could, you know, this team would be better if we didn't use a quarterback with our first round pick, all these different types of things. And like all of a sudden we're expecting Haskins to like, you know, 
throw for 4,000 yards as a rookie. Like that's just non sequitur. That doesn't work. And the fact that now we're putting in a situation that like Rivera is like, look, I need you to grow the fuck up now because this is your team. It is open for you, but you've got to go take it. It's, it's yours. And like Haskins had now can walk around with that swag. They're like, I am the man. This is my team. And from all accounts to your point and to what we were saying earlier, he's done that. Yeah. And I have, I have, I have hopes for this guy. I, I really wanted him to play a lot more last year. I was really annoyed. Although when we did the same podcast last year, we both said he should not start to start the season. Um, but that was I more of a stand, function because he never got the snaps, the repetitions and the push to be yeah. the guy. Yeah. I think, I think he, I'm, I'm hesitant to say it, but I, I do think he's going to be our quarterback for a long time. Um, I, I think his talent is too immense to your point. He's clearly like put in a ton of effort um, around this. I think the players really like him. Um, and, you know, I, I, I held a lot of stock in, in the fact that Rivera said, you know, 10 years ago, I, I, I told another young quarterback that I trusted him and wanted him to do great. Uh, that was Cam. And he was like, I want to do that now with Dwayne. Um so, by the way, BYU is whooping Navy right now. I just turned turn the game on. Um, the but yes, I'm 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 all in on the Haskins train. I, I have sent multiple people Haskins shirtsies to get them on board. Um, I know he got a lot of a lot of hate last year because he was pretty rough around the edges. But then you see this. I just that one throw against the Jets that was called back was all I needed to see from a pure talent perspective. Um, and you don't throw 50 touchdowns in college football if you're not good. Not in the Big Ten, at least. I mean, you don't beat out uh, Joe Burrow if you're not good. Yeah. Right? So, like, and you don't have Urban Meyer constantly say how great you are in every interview he does. So, I think he's I'm, – I'm excited. I'm, that is all I care about. I don't care if we go 2-14. and 14, I don't care if we go 14-2. and two. Haskins, you need to take control of this team. That's all I care about. We're obviously going to have some semblance of continuity with Rivera, barring something catastrophic, which you can never put past this organization. But we're obviously going to have some semblance of, for all intents and purposes, with Ron Rivera. I believe that'll be the same with Scott Turner, again, barring something catastrophic. And that alone is going to be worth so much. And then number two, the relationship that Turner, and who's our quarterback's coach that is escaping me, who is really good. Can't Pete. Zampezi. Yep. Ken Zampezi, right? Or Zampezi. Also very highly regarded. Um, so between the two of them, I think you're going to have the right people pushing him, the right people invested in his success, as opposed to invested in every other piece of success besides whatever the fuck that, uh, that Haskins is going to do, i.e. The, the previous regime. Um, I just, I think the circumstances combined with everything that Haskins has done to push himself to get to where he needs to get to on top of his own internal intangibles. Um, I'm, I'm bullish from that perspective. I was very, lukewarm through the course of last year just because there were too many factors working against him um and you know i didn't know what i didn't know about him but like from i think there's a lot of things to build on and i um i, I would buy before i would sell stock in it easily and that's whether that's burgundy and cola glasses my chips in. yeah we talked a lot it's about definitely rev- burgundy and gold glasses for me i pushed my chips <laughs> all the way in i but took my gets- happy chips and i put them in with Dwayne. That goes back to Rivera though, right? Like a lot of this ha- stems from the optimism around we talk, I-, I mentioned the the continuity and whatever Rivera brings to the team. Um, you know, kind of talking about, I was, you know, when you and I spoke at one or two podcasts ago, I can't remember. And I, I talked about like, I still think, and I may double down on this, that I think Dallas is the best team in the conference. 
I don't want to make this about Dallas, fuck Dallas, all of those things. But one of the things that keep coming back to that Dallas won, like I think nine or 10, I think 10 games, nine games, can't remember last year with Jason fucking Garrett as the coach. And I'm like, how much is the firing of Jason Garrett worth in terms of the win loss total? Like that has to be two and a half games at minimum, right? Cause Garrett was just such an incompetent boob. And that kind of gets me to the same way in terms of like Jay Gruden replacing what Jay Gruden brought to the table or didn't bring to the table with what Rivera brings to the table. How many wins is that worth alone? Literally just apples to apples comparison, right? Like at minimum three, at minimum, if you just took the same roster from last year, not to mention the fact that like, you know, Rivera is going to one actually motivate his guys in some cases, like Gruden was liked, whether he really motivated his guys and got the best out of his guys, we can have a separate conversation about. Um, and the fact that Rivera's building something and people realize they're building for the future and that like, I'm actually playing for my job in some cases. I, I don't know. It's the one thing I keep coming back to with Rivera. I'm like, just, just that alone. Forget every other situation on the roster. You think, you think Rivera gets us three additional wins? I'd say at least two. If you, I, I, there's, I would be very, if you put Rivera in a 16 game situation last year over Jake Gruden, I would be very surprised if we didn't get five or six wins. Yes. In the exact same, like exact same that, roster and the exact same team from last year. I, I have in my head that he's worth two additional wins. Um, I think we're going to finish. I mean, are we doing. We'll get there. Final record extensions now or later or records. Might as well uh, just I think he's worth. Now. I think he's worth it. So the over under is five and a half, correct? I'm just slightly over. And I think you might be too. Yeah, I'm saying six and ten, which is the same thing I said last year. Uh, <laughs> what a disaster that was! I my theory behind us winning six games last year was Jay Gruden always found ways to win random mass games. That didn't happen, obviously. We didn't. Um, no, Callahan or no, Callahan um, Rivera is very much to me in the mold of. I'll be curious if you've thought of it this way or if you even um, if you agree or not. I think Rivera is going to be much more of a CEO than Gruden ever was, which is exactly what we need. Um, and he's really going to let Turner and Del Rio kind of do their thing. Um, and I think that will, I mean, remember last year when like Dwayne had two people in his helmet, he had like Jay Gruden make the call to, to freaking Kevin O'Connor and Kevin O'Connor related to them. Like that is just the flow chart of, 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 um, of play calling looked like a choose your own adventure map. Yeah, so that alone, I think, will save us some, you know, advantage. But I, I think Rivera's going to come in. He's going to be the CEO. He's not going to like meddle too much, and I think he's worth two extra wins. I think we get to six and ten. Um, our ceiling, I think, is eight, and that is if everything goes right. You know, I mean, we get every. There's how many quarters? Sixteen games. However many quarters that ends up being, sixty-four quarters for the year. Everything happens in the NFL. I, the year went to the playoffs with RG3. I'll never forget we were playing the Ravens, and instead of a fumble going out of bounds, it literally stopped on the edge and we picked it up, right? There's always these random little things that happen in, to every team, and it depends. It literally will flip your season one way or the other. I say that because I think we're due for a couple of, like, good things our way, uh, and that's the homerism for 100% will admit it, and I think Rivera will coach us to six wins. That's where I got us. So it's kind of like what you said oh. about Gruden. So I'm, I'm at six and 10. That's my official prediction. I'm going to 
try my best to pump out a, like a full NFL team by team picks and predictions by the end of this week prior to the season starting. Um, but if I don't, I'm officially on record that this team is six and 10. That's my, that's my etched in stone prediction for this team. Um, and kind of dipping into the schedule analysis component of this. Um, I think there's a few teams like, like if you ask the common average WTF, I know I deliberately said WTF fan of like, you know, who are they going to check off as wins and losses? Like, well, Arizona, we should pick, you know, check them off in Cleveland. Oh, well, Cleveland fucking sucks. And we're going to do that. And like, you know, in Detroit, they're terrible and stuff like that. Actually, Detroit's a bad example. Cincinnati, that's a, you know, that there we're going to pick those off. And I'm much more bearish on a lot of those teams. Like I think Arizona is going to take a big step forward. Um, I am actually, after not being this much, I'm actually kind of in on Kyler, not kind of, I'm rather in on Kyler Murray. I think Cleveland's in for a big bounce back season just because a lot of shit went wrong last year. I think Cincinnati is quietly quite good. And I know they just finished two and 14 last year, but um, still, I'm a little, but on the flip side of that, I am out on teams like Seattle. I'm out even more on teams like Carolina. I think they're in a big rebuild. Um, I'm out on the LA Rams. That's most secretly one of my teams where I'm like, I don't think they're going to be good this year. So um, point being, I think we're going to win a few games that we're not quote unquote supposed to win. And that is the Rivera effect because of the culture for lack of a better or more eloquent word to put in that he's instilling on the team that we're not going to be as apt to beat ourselves as we were under Gruden. Gruden was a master of just dumb shit happening during the game, right? Like you could coax to your point, he could coax effort out of the guys and we would win that random ass game. But like, man, we were the, we were the masters as, or as good as any team in the NFL in tripping over our own dick. And I think that, happens less now yeah um i totally agree with you i think the other small thing here is that players just stopped playing for Gruden. they knew he was going to be fired um none of them wanted to be there anyway uh, not not to mention like del rio has been a off defensive coordinator for four years uh he's been a, been a head coach obviously for way longer but he has four years of being a defensive coordinator, and his teams have finished in the top five on defense three times. The one time they did it, they finished 19. Then you have Turner, who has – he's a football lifer. We all know and love Norv. He, he's, you know, taking what Norv done has, has made it a little bit his own. He's Now he's, he's got his feet wet like, like Kevin O'Connell last year for us. I think he was offensive coordinator for the last five or six games for the Panthers. Um. These guys, this is why I like the youth movement. If they want an, another contract, they want to stay here, they have to play well. And you have to play well for Rivera. And that effort is going to be the same as when Gruden was getting that effort in like years two and three and four. But then you also have a coach who's just so much – the military background, I think, will come out big time on game day. Everything's going to be boom, 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 boom. And I think we'll get we'll win random games because of it. Um, you know, I – Six and ten. I, I, I am I, of the teams you mentioned. I, maybe it's the Seattle. My brother-in-law is just talking about Seattle all the time, so I think they might be better than, than you. Um, but I, you know, I don't. I think the Rams. I agree. I, I think we're gonna steal. I think we're gonna steal the first game in in uh, against at home against Philly. Um, if we look, if we want to be a good team, we got to be division opponents. In the last three years, we're three and fifteen against division opponents. Those are games we have to win. That's where it starts. Caps my ass um, more than anything. Yeah, it's it sucks. Um, we also have that Thanksgiving Dallas game, which I know you're looking forward to. It. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I think the team can't be any worse last than last year. We can't be worse coached than last year. Um, I think these these guys will 
scheme like Turner will we don't AP's not on our team because he doesn't fit our offense. That's something we don't normally do. Um, so I'm excited for the team. I think I think we got six and ten. I don't know. See, I, I'm just excited. About in it. my quarterback rankings, I had Russell Wilson at number two. I I it was a no brainer to me. I think Russell Wilson is incredible. I think anybody who says ill thinks about him is a fucking moron. Um, I just don't like the rest of that team and the advanced analytics around. If you look at the numbers around them, Seattle's in for a regression. Like they kind of punched above their weight last year. That's that's my bigger point on Seattle. Also, their team is just built so strange now. Like it's just really really weird. I don't kind of think Pete Carroll's lost his fastball a little bit or who if um, John well, Schneider is still the 70. I know I think he's the oldest coach in the NFL at the moment I think um, yeah that I, I didn't know the stat was 3-15 and 15. that just really you know is makes things even worse than they have been over the last X number of years um, I, I I mean obviously losing to Dallas is just the most miserable feeling in the world and I hate everything and I mean everything after we lose to Dallas but losing to the Giants is almost the equivalent to me. Like, it's just something about Giants. I fucking hate losing to the Giants. Like, I, I despise that team with every fiber of my being. Almost, if like, if I despise Dallas at 100 out of 100, and I'm pretty sure I do despise Dallas out of 100, the Giants are 99.9998 in terms of like my level of just absolute sheer hatred of that team. Philadelphia is probably hanging around like the 70s or something like that because I think Philadelphia fans are just whack jobs and I love watching them throw their feces at each other. But like, I, I hate the Giants. I despise Eli Manning. I could not stand that mouth breather. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I, I couldn't. So like the fact that we always, and we would, we'd often get the doors blown off again um, by the Giants. Like they would kick our ass sometimes. And I'm like, this sorry, sad sack of an organization yeah, that, kick our ass so frequently. There's, there's that game. This is an old game at this point. Um, I think it was probably in the early 2000s when T.D. Barber, Barber ran for like 500 yards against us and the, the Giants beat us by, I think, 100 points on national television. Um, I'll never forget that game. He ran for like 234 yards or something ridiculous. It was the, uh, the, the Kirk Cousins game where he threw the damn interception that cost us the playoffs was against the Giants. Week 17. Gen- I was yeah, there. it was Janoris Jenkins picked it off, I believe it was. And I'm like, just some real, like, kick and It was, was Rodgers Kermati. Was it DRC? Rogers. Okay, yeah. got it. So, like, there was just some real kick in both gonads games against the Giants. And I'm just like, oh, all teams. It's like, I'm obviously the only way it would be worse is against Dallas. But, like, man. Yeah. But, like, when you lose to Dallas, as sad as this is, you kind of expect it in some ways. And with the Giants, it's like, this, this team sucks. And we're still losing. They're just to them. as bad as, they're just as bad as we are. Yeah, they're just uh, as completely bass backwards as we are. Go ahead. In 2018, so this is Alex Smith's leg year, we beat the Cowboys and we beat the Giants in back-to-back weeks to start 2-0 in the division. We have lost 10 consecutive division games since then. So, you know, that's, that's that's where the turnaround has to start. We have to start winning games against our divisional opponents. And look, the Giants aren't very good. The Eagles are coming down because they're so hurt. Cowboys might be very good. But just imagine what the Washington Post is going to write on September 13th when we beat the Eagles. Not, I'm not as bullish about beating the Eagles. Um, just because – I'm all in. Chase Young's going to have the biggest year. He's going to have like – he's going to have two sacks, and we're going to win. I'm still not sold on – if I if I I'm going to sell my stock or I'm going to buy a little more stock on Carson Wentz. I used to be buy all the stock all the stock on him. Then I would sell, and now I'm kind of like hanging on in the middle. Where I'm like I don't know yet. Which is funny because I think I like I like Carson Wentz more than a lot of Eagles fans like Carson Wentz. Um, so 
because when he's good, he's really, really good. But like, well, he had that when he was healthy, he had that MVP year. So I don't think he won a winning MVP, but he was a stud for a while. So 2017, going back to that year, it's one of my soapboxings, as I've said many, many times, that like Carson Wentz should have won the MVP in 2017. That guy was a world beater. He was an ass kicker. And then he went down, blew his ACL. It was against the Rams, like week 12 or something like that. And then Tom Brady won the MVP. He had no business winning it. It's just because it's Tom Brady. Um, yeah, he should have, to your point. He did not, but he should have. And ever since then, Wentz ain't been quite right. But he started to show flashes of it last year. But, like, it's always kind of this up-and-down player. And, like like I said, I don't know. But I have a healthy <laughs> amount of – I have a healthy amount of respect for him. And so like, I don't know. That's why I'm always a little like get sketchy with the Eagles. Cause like he gets hot, they can whip our ass just cause he's that good. Um, so but, I, I like wins a lot, but they also drafted Hertz in the second round. Like, right. Exactly. Which I don't know how that messes with someone with his psyche. Cause like, I think after next year, they could dump his contract if they determine he's not the guy. Yeah. So, I mean, just the way I look at it is the amount of pressure that guy probably feels cause Abe's having this wonderful season. He just got this huge contract. I don't think he had his contract yet. That probably came in the offseason. But, like, he was the guy. Uh, and then he gets hurt, and Foles comes in and wins the Super Bowl. And uh, I think he starts the next year a few games. Foles came in in relief again. Yeah, comes in, does his thing. So, like, Eagles fans love Foles. Yep. He'll never, he'll never be the Eagles quarterback that won the Super Bowl. It'll always be Foles. Yep. And then you finally get rid of Foles. He goes and signs a huge deal with the Jaguars. Um, and you kind of – a kind of a teetering teetering year. I mean, we, Wentz was good last year. He wasn't great. He also got hurt again. Um, and then the team turns around and drafts Jalen Hurts in the second round. Um I mean, that's to me that's not a ton of confidence in the guy. He probably feels the weight of it. He has no left tackle anymore. He's got no one to throw the ball to anymore. Um, I'm that defense should be really good, but I, I I'm bullish because a they're beat up and c I think Wentz is really good, but I think there's something there. I, I don't think they draft Hurts well, unless off, someone was going on. Let's even put Hurts aside. I think Hurts was the most overrated player this this draft. Um, I, I've said it from day one. I've watched her a lot of Jalen Hurts for the Alabama reasons mentioned sure. earlier. Um, I, I said it since Hurts was in college and the day two arrived and I'm like, Jalen Hurts is the second best quarterback on his Alabama team. And that's when he was winning. They went like 11 and 0 that year. Um, I'm not, but I'll touch on that one another day. Uh, there's definitely legitimate reasons for the offensive line being backed up. I'm you, I'm sorry, but I'm still not hundred percent sold on Miles Sanders as the running back. Um, and Deshaun Jackson was being your only receiver of consequence at the moment, besides whoever else is the hodgepodge behind them. The defense is fine. They're still pretty good, although I think their secondary is still a little bit wishy-washy. And I think Malcolm Jenkins left again. If I'm not mistaken, I think he went back to New Orleans. If I'm... They, signed, they, they brought in Slay, didn't they? Isn't he an eagle? Oh, yeah, they traded for a big play Slay. That's right. Um, that, was, that was another one. They, they got him from the, the, the Lions. Um, for a three, well, look, I my, my optimism against this Eagles team is their offensive line is beat up. They don't have playmakers that, like, truly scare me. And if our strength of our team is truly that defensive line, this is a game that they need to keep us in. Um, and wreck some havoc. I mean, great chance for Chase Young to have a, you know, coming out party. Great chance for Payne and Allen to really just dominate the line of scrimmage. Great chance for Adonis to have a big game. Um, we talk so much about how good the defense could be and then it being fucking awful. Um, 
now we have a coach who we think knows what he's doing. Sweat is a monster. Like this is a game that they need, they need to go out there and try to win for us. Um, otherwise, the defense line will never be as good, at least in my opinion, as people want them to be. It's time for them to like kind of live up to this hype, in my opinion. Even though they didn't play the game, but the hype was there last year, even before we had Young. They got to win that Philadelphia game because, as I've said them a couple of times, uh, Arizona is a trap game. Like a lot of people, are like oh Arizona, you know, they had the, like the eighth pick in the draft or something yeah, like so that. They, like, have, they have Hopkins and freaking uh, Kirk and Cliff Kingsbury. Don't play that guy. There are no fucks given with Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, right? Like he and Kyler is don't don't mess with him. Like. Kyler is good. He's a lot of diet Russell Wilson, if you will. Like, he's, he's, he's good. And then they've got pieces on that defense. Like, I think that's a big trap game for everyone's trying to, you know, either like survivor pools or people who are like trying to pick win-loss games or whatever. Like, don't, that's, that's a little bit of a trap game. I would say the same thing with Cleveland. Like, um, I think Baker realized I can't, you know, film commercials and get fat all offseason and then, realize, and then you know, and, and kind of trade on that. I think he had his reckoning, kind of like what Haskins went through last offseason or last year. Um, so you got Baltimore, I talked about the Rams, Giants and Cowboys, well mentioned. Um, Detroit, I'm just running through the schedule at this point. Detroit is, uh, I don't know, I could see either way. There's some quiet buzz about playoffs for Detroit. I don't see it. Like, I just, I don't. I, I, I love Stafford. Stafford's great, underrated, awesome last year. I don't just don't buy the rest of the team. And like, you have your running back situation. Carry on Johnson, who I thought was going to be really good, is not good. So you draft DeAndre Swift with a second-round pick. That's great. And then you sign Adrian Peterson. So I'm like, what is it that you're actually trying to accomplish here besides just signing dudes? Um, defense is real wishy-washy, so I don't know. Cincinnati, I like them. Joe Burrow seems legit. And then you got Dallas, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, which is ugh, what a brutal stretch to, to go through. And, um, yeah, it's I, – I, like I said, I think the virtue of the six wins is because – Rivera is going to coach this team and just make sure that if nothing else, they don't beat themselves in many cases, not every case, but in many cases. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's that. I think we're going to sweep the giants. Um, we'll get at least one from the giants. I think we beat the Eagles. Um, and then I think you find four wins and that's good. That's where I am. Listen, man, you sweep, sweeping the giants from your mouth to God's ears. I will send you a wonderful basket of gift, a wonderful gift basket if that is the case. Cause no, please do. God, God help us if we. Or, I think we'll get one. I think we'll get one versus the giants. I think that's going to be a game that I think, when do we play them first? It's the tw- twice in four weeks. It's a uh, week six. And then that's, week a game Haskins. Again. that's a game. Haskins is going to be fired up for. Um, yeah, there's all the Daniel Jones, Jones was, yeah. Jones, yeah, Jones was taken ahead of him. Same division. Um, and he's 0-2 against the Giants. Yeah. Well, technically 0-1, but, you know, we're, we're splitting, hairs, splitting hairs here. Uh, six, 6 and 10. That's I'm, – I'm dying on it. All right. We will wrap it up here. I'll let you actually get back to our respective families. Um, so we're both 6 and 10. We like the over-under of over 5.5 wins, obviously just barely. But you heard it here first. Um, and – think that basically wraps up everything that we could dive into um at least for we'll save it for the next pod whenever that for uh, whenever that takes place but for everyone else uh, thank you so much for getting so far into this pod as always make sure you subscribe to us on itunes like us on soundcloud and then we're going to explore some other avenues pat and i talk about this all the time in terms of where else to distribute the pod um but yeah hail to the wft HTTWFT? WTF. Yeah, WTF.
Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.